Okay, we got some sports stuff here. We got NASCAR. We'll start off with that. Uh, first of all, following last week's race, Zach Price, uh, the tire changer on Ryan Verlaney's team, uh, you probably saw it. The incident he was in in Indianapolis there um, in Pit Row. Uh, I know we posted pictures of it on our Facebook page. You'll see it there. Um, he is doing good. Um, he's going to miss Kentucky the next race there. Um, he's out for that, but everything's going well. Um, the other drivers are really all oh, sorry about it, and he's all okay with it too. He's not all upset, but all is well with him. I know um, that was a big concern there for some folks. Question I have on NASCAR, a couple things right now. Kind of concern me, con- questions. Um, I know we talked about the whole you know, Bubba Wallace stuff before. It's like, is it conspiracy theory? Is it for publicity? What's going on? Well, this week is uh, their all-star race, and you get to vote. Fans get to vote for who they want in it. Funny, Bubba Wallace is leading the votes right now for that. Uh, last year he finished fifth, so it's not a total hoax on it. But uh, now he's leading. And I, was it a publicity stunt on his part and his team to do all this to go with? I hope not, um, but it's turning out to be that way right now. But that's uh, for their all-star race coming up. That's kind of sad. Uh, coming up with their playoff standings right now for NASCAR, they do take the top 16 drivers before they do their uh, race. They've done 16 of their 36 races, so they're almost halfway through. Uh, right now, Bubba Wallace is 42 points out of that last spot. Uh, if you win a race, you're automatically in. So there's eight guys already in. Eight wildcard spots right now, or, or non-winner spots, whatever you want to call it, are in there. Clint Boyer sitting in 13th. Um, 16th is Austin Dillon, and he's got a six-point leader over Eric Jones, followed by Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, and Ricky Stenhouse going for that last spot. Ricky Stenhouse, 48 points out. So that's the way that's right now for a playoff race. Another thing that's got me a little confused about NASCAR right now is last week's race. Jimmy Johnson had to miss it because he tested positive for COVID-19. Other sports right now with their whole bubble situation, like basketball and hockey, they're bubbling, and if anyone gets it, they're out 14 days, this and that. Funny, Jimmy Johnson misses the race last week, and he's in this week. So NASCAR's not doing 14-day quarantine? Did he not really have it as bad as they thought? I, I don't know. I... It's, it's hard to trust NASCAR right now, which is really kind of sad, the way they're kind of making up things as they go along here with things. Uh, they're, maybe their press re- media relations group isn't used to all this attention. NASCAR's always kind of been the sixth or seventh popular sport all the time. And with no one out there right now, they're getting all the attention, and maybe they can't handle it. They don't know what's going on. I don't know, but NASCAR's really got to step up their game because it's going to be sad if, you know, they might be getting new fans now, but some of the other fans might be leaving. So hopefully they get their act together, uh, figure out what they're going out there, media relations people, talk to the media better, get this stuff all figured out. Let's all be on the same page. But NASCAR's got some races coming up this weekend. Again, I still love watching it because with the crowd or without the crowd, you can't really tell by watching the live events. So that's really kind of neat. Um, it's kind of weird watching the interviews afterwards, but you get over that. You kind of learn to adjust. NASCAR, you really got to straighten yourselves out and see what's going on here. Um, Jimmy Johnson only misses a week after testing positive. The whole Bubba Wallace stuff. Uh, and I like Bubba. Don't get me wrong. He's a nice guy and everything else. I just hope people aren't playing him and taking advantage of him. That's our news for NASCAR this week. And now we'll get into some baseball news.
Major League Baseball did release their 2020 schedule. They've also released a 2021 schedule already, too. Concentrate on the 2020 schedule right now. Um, like for the Minnesota Twins, they're playing AL and NL Central teams only. Um, the Mets are going to play just Eastern Division teams in the American National League. So the Mets will play the Yankees still. Uh, they're still going to have some of those rivalries going on. This is going to be the first time I heard since 18-something that the Braves and Cubs aren't going to play each other. So there's some old-time, I won't say rivalries, but traditional games that we're going to miss out on this year. And because of that, I guess that's just kind of the, some of the new rules we have to go by this year. Major League Baseball did release some special dates of this year. Uh, they have their special days all the time. They've kind of changed it. Opening days will be July 23rd and 24th are opening days. Uh, August 13th, they're still doing the Field of Dreams game in Iowa, only it's going to be the White Sox and the Cardinals playing. Uh, when I first saw the interest in this game, uh, to me, I have zero interest in watching this game. None at all. Maybe it's because the White Sox are in it. I don't know. I just have zero interest in watching that game. Um, August 16th, they're going to have a game. It's going to be a, a salute to the Negro Leagues. August 28th is going to be Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, that's the day where they... Pay tribute to Jackie Robinson. All the players all wear number 42. That's a thing they did years ago. Every team has retired that number. When they retired it, if you were wearing it, you still got to wear it, but no one could wear number 42 in baseball anymore. Except that day, everybody wears it. So it's kind of neat, kind of not, depending how how traditionalist you are. Everybody wearing the same number. I don't know. It's kind of goofy. But I, I respect the, the fact to have a day for him. I, the fact that every team retired his number. I'm okay with that. I got no problem with it. He was a special player. Uh, September 9th is Roberto Clemente Day. That's something new they're starting this year. And September 27th is supposed to be the final day of the regular season. Uh, Next year's schedule, for the 2021 schedule, it has worked out right that the Mets and Yankees will be playing at Citi Field on the anniversary of September 11th, the 20-year anniversary of the terrorist attacks. Those two teams will be playing each other at City Field in New York. Hopefully, plans are that every year on September 11th, those two teams will be playing each other, which I think would be kind of neat. Uh, looking at the Twins' rec- or, uh, schedule for this year, the Twins are listed to have the easiest schedule this year of all the teams based on last year's schedule. Uh, I've seen uh, predictions of the Twins winning 41 of the 60 games, them being 41 and 19. They got a breakdown of all the Twins' opponents, and they got the Twins the winning record against everybody. Except the Cardinals, they got him going 2-2 two and two against because the Cardinals are supposed to win about 40 games this year also. So that should be pretty good. Uh, they got him going 2-1 and one against the Reds, 2-1 and one against the Cubs, 8-2 and two against the Tigers, 6-4 and four against Cleveland. Um, that, that one, if Cleveland won that series, I wouldn't be surprised. Cleveland's got a good team this year. There is some players that are sitting out this year, uh, players that have the option of opting out. Uh, Buster Posey of the Giants, he's sitting out. Um, and a lot of these are for family and health reasons, not to make a point. His d- wife just had twins, so because of the whole COVID-19, newborns, he's choosing to, uh, he's opting to sit out. David Price, uh, pitcher for the jo- Dodgers, who just signed a big deal there, he's opting to sit out. Uh, Ian Desmond of the outfielder of the Rockies, Ryan Zimmerman, first baseman for the Nationals, are all opting out for reasons, not to make a stand, not to make a point or a purpose, no. They're opting out for other reasons, for the main reasons as a health, not for other reasons like you'd think. So hopefully uh, others, if they, if they want to, I got no problem with it. If It's like your regular job. You didn't want to go to work because of this. 
don't go to work. I'm okay with that. Um, got to see how the fans react. Uh, me as a fan, I got no problem with it. Uh, one stat of the week, we put this on the Facebook page. I want to bring it up too. In 1968, Bob Gibson of the St. Louis Cardinals had 34 starts with 28 complete games. He was pinch hit four and six games. Gibson was never taken off the mound during the season. He ended the season with a 1.12 ERA. Uh, that's a breakdown of 304.2 innings pitched. He had 13 shutouts, 264 strikeouts, 62 base on balls, six intentional walks, seven hit batters, and four wild pitches. And I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to blame the wild pitches on Tim McCarver just because I don't like Tim McCarver. So I'm going to blame him for that. But that's what I got for baseball news. I know Dan's going to have some other baseball news also. This is Dan with the weekly sports update. In football, NFL football, Antonio Brown makes the news again. He had a series of off-the-field and on-the-field instances last year. But even with that, there are two teams still interested in possibly signing him this year. Both the Ravens and the Seahawks are in the running on possibly taking a chance on this all-pro receiver. Now, the problem is he will have to be sitting out a handful of games, maybe up to half of the games for the 2020 season. So taking a risk on someone like this will only pay dividends in the second half of the year and in time for the playoffs. But even a third team, the Minnesota Vikings, would be potentially interested. If the Vikings were to get him, just imagine the receiving core with Justin Jefferson, that number one draft pick from LSU, Adam Thielen, and Antonio Brown. Interesting. Well, even though those three teams are interested, there was a strange Instagram post this week by Antonio Brown himself with his face photoshopped onto a New England Patriots jersey. So uh, is that a little uh, speculation there, or is it kind of a wish list? Maybe he wants to go to New England. But anyway... Nonetheless, that drew a lot of hits on Instagram. Now, also on NFL football, the Redskins are looking to do a name change for their nickname, the Washington Redskins. So I don't think that the team themselves have an issue with it. But remember, the team naming rights at the field is FedEx Field. FedEx owns the naming rights to that field through the year 2025. They're the ones who have issue with the name, the Redskins. And now when you're pouring that amount of money into the naming rights, now you've got some pull. And sure enough, the Washington Redskins have now announced that they will change their name to something else. There's a couple of possible nicknames here for the upcoming. Well, they wouldn't change it right away, but when they do change it, there are some options. They could be called the Federals, the Braves, the Warriors. The Senators, the Red Hawks, or the Red Tails. Something something to that effect. But uh, we'll, we've seen the last of the Redskins, so get your memorabilia now. That'll be all valued collector's items sometime down the road. Now, Major League Baseball. Major League Baseballs were in the two-week countdown for Major League Baseball to open their short, quick 60-game season. Remember a normal season is 162 games, and that is a marathon. 
60 games will be like a sprint. If players are hurt or injured and have a slight hamstring pull or a, uh, a, a small pulled muscle, uh, it may be enough to say, you know what, we're going to switch you out, bring up someone else. We don't have time to place guys on the 7, 10, 15-day disabled list and have time for them to work through their injuries and get back. In a 60-game season, you need to win now. So there'll be a little more shuffling around of players and not a lot of support on any type of injuries at all uh, because they got to move things along. So that'll be interesting. The other thing, they came out this last week, Major League Baseball, the top five pitchers to watch. And I saw that A.J. Puck is on there. That's Oakland Oakland A's brand-new lefty, six-foot-seven rookie, A.J. Puck. Now, he was with the Florida Florida Gators, remember, when uh, they went to the College World Series and uh, was the teammate of uh, fellow Minnesotan Logan Shore from Coon Rapids, who also played at Florida and also got drafted by the Oakland A's. And so Logan Shore is uh, right now uh, still coming up here. He'll be starting the year at double A or maybe triple A with the Detroit Tigers, who he got traded to. He is in the Ron Gardenhire system there uh, for Detroit Tigers. But he's a Minnesota kid, Logan Shore. But A.J. Puck will be starting the year. They're going to bring him up. And the five guys to watch are going to be very explosive pitchers to watch this season. The one thing the article did note is that a lot of times when the season goes so long, these young arms are put on inning watch, on an inning watch or inning limitation. And sometimes they are not even eligible or ready to go into the postseason because of all the innings that they've worked. That'll be different this year because it's a sprint. They're going to use all these guys and there's going to be no limits, no caps and no ceiling number of innings for any of these guys for this season. So look for these young guys to be thrown into the mix right away and to pitch as many innings as possible. It's going to be interesting. I think this, uh, this 60 game deal. Now the Minnesota twins center fielder, Byron Buxton just had a new, uh, his wife had a new baby, their boy, a little baby boy, their second child just this week. And uh, congratulations to the Buxton family. The picture for the Twins is interesting. Uh, the, the, the story that I like was the Devin Schmelzer story. Devin Schmelzer said to help get ready during this COVID when they had the shutdown and we couldn't practice and couldn't, couldn't get on the field. He spent a lot of time playing MLB The Show played the video game, Major League video game, The Show, and actually logged in and played as himself, pitched as himself. He used his own character in the video game to work on his pitch sequence, his pitch count, and the variation of pitches when he'd throw them and how he'd use them. He said that really helped. That's kind of a, a comical thing, but I suppose uh, that's not too far off base, and I, I wonder if other players do that themselves, but uh, he spent a lot of time doing that. Speaking of covid Williams Astadillo Astadillo tested positive for COVID-19. And we know that Miguel Sano also tested positive here this last week. So there's a couple players for the Twins. They'll have to sit out for that 14-day period. Now, close to home here, baseball. We know that amateurs have all kicked off a couple of weeks ago for the senior men's league. The over 35 leagues have kicked off, and now the over 50 leagues have been kicked off here this weekend as well and everybody's in action now playing so we're going to get a lot of baseball updates and reviews here in the coming weeks with scores sports scores and highlights now locally one 
division that we follow is the Crow River Valley League. They've got a north and a south division. Seven teams in each. I think there's uh, seven teams in the north, seven teams in the south. Last week, Waconia was undefeated along with Watertown, the Red Devils. Waconia beat them 2-1 to one in a very exciting game to remain now unbeaten. Waconia is 6-0. Watertown is 5-1. Winstead in the North Division also sitting up there at 5-0 as the standings are today. What they're going to do for Crow River is, is combine the North and the South uh, this year and just play all 14 teams in one bracket with the top two winners advancing. Uh, I believe for the for the playoffs or, or something to that that extent, a 13 game season they play each other one time. Plato off to an 0 and 6 start. The once very tough Plato baseball team 0 and 6. Uh, they are not doing too well this year. Oh, New Germany and Glencoe have yet to get their first wins of the season. So look out for those guys. This other this team also has this league also has Cologne who went to the state last year. And Young America, who's always going to be always tough. Those teams are going to be tough to beat as well. But that's the Crow River update. Now, DRS action. In the DRS, just this last night, last night alone, Montgomery beat New Prague Orioles 2 to nothing. Johnny Krochak pitched a one-hit shutout, the pitcher for Montgomery. The Monty Mallards, Montgomery Mallards, uh, 1-2-0 in their first game, or in New Prague's actually, their first game of the year for the New Prague Orioles that come out losing, getting shut out, and getting one hit on a great effort there by Johnny uh, Krocek. Now, Dakota Rice-Scott, interesting game the other night. We've got St. Patrick Irish going up against the Cannon Falls Bears. Cannon Falls wins 10-9, to 10-9. to Talk about a slugfest there. The, the five runs in the second inning, they went on to win. But St. Patrick gets beat. But... In the loss, third baseman Ryan Freges went five, four for five, four RBIs, two doubles, two singles, two runs score in five at-bats. Uh, what a tremendous game he had. Now, the former Jordan grad is very good, of course. He spent the uh, year playing at Mankato State. Uh, the Mavericks for Minnesota State Mankato has gone on to play D2 baseball. So, yes, that's not a surprise that he is that good. That's all the updates I've got for this week for baseball. Look forward to more on next week's update. Some uh, concerts and events coming up here locally. Supposed to be, and here's some reschedule updates for some stuff uh, that was scheduled and some rescheduled on it. The way it looks right now, uh, Medina Ballroom, not a lot of can or concerts out there right now, but... Looking at Sundays from 6 to, to 12, they will be having uh, the farmer's market, the Lions, Hamill Lions. We have a flea market out there. I'm sorry, flea market out there. Uh, Medina, so something small starting out there, but stuff going on. Saturday, August 8th from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. at Route 47 Pub and Grub on University Avenue in Frilly, Minnesota. Saturday, August 8th, Menace will be playing there. Uh, Menace. We've mentioned them a few times here on the show. Good band. Go watch them and enjoy their show. They're a good group of guys out there. Uh, those of you who had tickets for the July 24th Target Field show for Guns N' Roses is still postponed, obviously. Still, as of this moment, no new date has been given for that yet. 
And also, the Waconia Rodeo was supposed to take place July 17th and 18th. Um, I did reach out to them, and I got an email back. A lot of it depends on what the governor has to say. Uh, they gotta, they're trying for August or September to get back, but the state must be open to over 1,000 people in order for them to have their event go off. So let's hope the governor opens it up more for events of 1,000 more people. The Laconia Rodeo can take place then. Uh, they're looking at August or September. Uh, I haven't been in contact with Ted there uh, at Extreme Events. And when we hear more, we will pass it on to you here. Um, the Laconia Rodeo, that's always a good time to go see something like that. It's always fun to watch. Um, I've been to a few of them before. They're, they're a good time. Good time to go get out and see with the family, something fun to watch. One note on high school sports. Um, high school basketball coach Brian Kasgroff, the girls coach at Hopkins, for the last 21 years is retiring. He has a record of six hundred, or I'm sorry, 569 wins, 67 losses. And his team has been to the state tournament 14 times, played in the championship game 12 times, and won seven titles. And the team is currently riding a 62-game winning streak. Good luck to his predecessor on that. Those are some big, big shoes to fill. Hopefully they do well. And good luck to Brian and uh, his future endeavors and whatever he chooses to do. Hopkins is a very good program, obviously from the record. Well-respected program. He's a well-respected coach. I'm sure it's going to be one of his assistants that are stepping in, so it's going to be easier for the girls to transition. But best of luck to the coach and his future endeavors. And good luck to the girls' team under their new coach. College sports, I know... um, We've heard stuff. The Ivy League has canceled all sports for the fall semester. Um, And earlier this week, the Big Ten Conference also announced that they're going to only play conference games in the fall schedule. Um, That leaves two Division II leagues, two NCAA Division II leagues, one based in Atlanta, one in Charlotte, North Carolina, have both announced the suspension of their fall sports. The Northern Sun Intercollegiate Conference, however, which is Bemidji State, uh, isn't ready to make that drastic change yet. So they're still working on it. I know they've, the NSIC has cut down their schedule because of travel. We'll see how that's going to go. Um, I know the Big Ten has also stepped up and said, hey, we're doing this conference-only games. We'll see how that goes. But the Big Ten are doing just conference-only games and some other stuff. There's some big, big rivalries that we're not going to see this year. Iowa, Iowa State, Maryland and West Virginia. Michigan at Washington, Michigan State versus Miami, Nebraska-Cincinnati, <coughs> excuse me, Ohio State at Oregon, Penn State, Virginia State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. We're not going to see those games this year. <coughs> excuse me. Hopefully we can get these all back on track next year and be back to normal. NHL has uh, come to terms. They've uh, got a new collective bargaining agreement for the next four years, so they're all good for that. And also, they are set with their playoffs. They've got their bubble situation. Uh, they're going to be all set up. 
And the way they're kind of doing it is a round robin to start with. And after each round, they're going to reseed everybody, um, which is kind of cool, a little different. Right now, the way it looks, the Minnesota Wild are the 10 seed, and they'll be playing the number 7 seed, Vancouver Canucks. Um, can't tell you who they play after that because, again, everybody recedes afterwards. So it should be kind of fun and exciting. But um, hockey is coming back. A lot of people say hockey playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, are probably the best sporting event, best tournament there is. I think it's even better than the NCAA basketball tournament. That's me personally. Maybe just being more of a hockey guy here from Minnesota and Minnesota not being in the NCAA basketball tournament much. Kind of maybe that's why. I don't know. I've just always really enjoyed the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everybody's a little different animal. You got the hockey beards going on. Um, so we'll see how it goes. It's be kind of interesting. No guarantee this is how they're going to do it in future playoffs. But if it gets a good bite, people like it, you never know. But right now, like I said, uh, the Minnesota Wild will be the 10th seed, and they'll play Vancouver the 7th seed. Everybody will reseed after that, and we'll go from there. Best of luck to the Wild. I really think you know these players are all rested right now. Um, the NHL has had a handful of players who are opting out also. Nothing on the Wild yet, so we're good for that. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully there's you know enough guys coming back. They have fun. They enjoy it. They're all bubbling, too. I believe it's Toronto, and is it Edmonton, I believe, is the other city they're in. They're both up in Canada, because there's that travel back and forth between, between U.S. and Canada. So it was smart on their part to put them both in the same country. I think that was a really good idea on the NHL's part for this. NHL, before, like I said, they've always just kind of been sitting back and watching what everybody else does, and then made their move. So good luck to you, NHL, on this, and let's get ready for some Stanley Cup playoffs when they start, because... That is so fun, and uh, we'll follow the Stanley Cup playoffs here. Hopefully, we'll follow the Wild all the way to the Cup. This week's album review, this is Dan. We're going to be doing Mother Love Bone, the album called Apple. You got a little taste of it there with the with the with the intro. Apple was the only full-length studio album ever by the American alternative rock band Mother Love Bone. It was released on July 19, 1990. Days before Apple was slated to be released, lead singer Andrew Wood overdosed on heroin. Spent a couple days in the hospital, in a coma, and then died, effectively bringing love, Mother Love Bone to an end. And so this album was supposed to be very good, and in fact it is. Uh, this album is ranked 462nd in Rock Hard Magazine's The Top 500 Greatest Rock and Metal Albums of All Time. But in Rolling Stone Magazine, they ranked this album number 50 in the 50 Greatest Grunge Albums. Here's the track listing for Apple. There's 13 songs. First one is this. This is Shangri-La. Second song is Star Dog Champion. Three is Holy Roller. Four is Bone China. Five is Come Bite the Apple. Six is Stargazer. Seven is Heart Shine. Eight is Captain High Top. Number nine is Man of Golden Words. 10 is Capricorn Sister. 
11 is Gentle Groove. 12 is Mr. Danny Boy. And 13 is Crown of Thorns. A lot of this ties into what we're going to talk about here today. And it also ties into those interested in 90s grunge music, Seattle music, and rock and roll from the 90s because this is the outgrowth. A lot of those things became were from the outgrowth of this very band. Let me give an example. Mother Love Bone singer was Andrew Wood. Andrew Wood was the roommate in Seattle of Chris Cornell, who went on to form Soundgarden. Lead guitarist was Bruce Fairweather. Drums was Greg Gilmore. The bassist was Jeff Ament. Ament went on to form Pearl Jam. Stone Gossard was rhythm guitar. Also went on to form Pearl Jam. When Andrew Wood died, a lot of things were set in motion. Um, he had a problem with, with drug addiction and heroin. And that's, I think, the reason for the album title, Apple. Apple is another street slang for heroin. He was born in 1966, began recording at age 14 with his brother. They went on to form a band called Malfunction. By 1988, they got together with Stone Gossard and Jeff Ahmet to create Mother Love Bone. And so this, the they finally recorded their their debut, uh, their their full length album. Apple was about to release it. He dies of an of a heroin overdose. He was only twenty four years old, very young. But keep in mind, Andrew Wood started recording at age fourteen, so he had ten years under his belt. Was almost a veteran, one could say, by this time, in the music industry. They call this album alternate rock, grunge, and glam metal. So, very important. They uh, went on to release three singles. Three singles. And the album singles were Stardog Champion, This Is Shangri-La, and Stargazer. So this was released, this was supposed to be uh, almost up there at the time with like a Guns N' Roses type of a band. Also from Seattle was Duff McKagan. Duff McKagan left Seattle. There wasn't much going on in Seattle. Went to L.A., helped form the band Guns N' Roses, and they took off huge. Good for Duff, but about the same time he left, the Seattle music scene took over. Andrew Wood and Mother Lovebone were part of that. Now, shortly after Wood's death, former roommate Chris Cornell of Soundgarden wrote two songs in tribute to his late friend. One was Say Hello to Heaven, and one was Reach Down. Cornell, at that point, approached Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament about releasing the songs as singles. And then they said, how about we collaborate on an album? And we'll add a drummer named Matt Cameron, 
also a future Pearl Jam and existing at the time from Soundgarden. They also grabbed Mike McCready. And they formed a band for the purpose of putting together a tribute to Andrew Wood because of how um, how important he was in the Seattle area, uh, what a legacy he had. They called it Temple of the Dog. A couple songs, they needed some additional vocals. They brought in a guy by the name of Eddie Vedder, released it, and very, very good album. Well, Mother Love Bone was not around any longer, and so Stone Gossert, Jeff Ament, needed a place to go. This new guy by the name of Eddie Vedder wanted to start his own band, and they started a band with those three called Pearl Jam. That took off. Pearl Jam took off to be one of the best uh, bands in the entire 1990s. And none of it would have happened without Andrew Wood overdosing. So we got a lot of connections here in the Seattle area and who formed what and who did what in the music industry. Fellow Seattle band Alice in Chains dedicated their debut album called Facelift. They dedicated it to Andrew Wood. And Andrew Wood, last name, spelled W-O-O-D, they did a track uh, to him called Wood, W-O-U-L-D, with a question mark. It's an ode to Wood, Andrew Wood, about going just as far as you can on a heroin high, but then knowing when to pull back and not go over the edge. And the song ends with the, with the phrase, even though I would, could you. Um, basically, leading to the dangers of a drug addiction and going over that edge, that boundary that Andrew Wood do, did. And Alice in Chains wrote that song uh, to be mindful of people who do heroin, to say, be careful where you take it, be careful how far you go, because if he could do it, would you? And um, so a lot of connections. Uh, the songs were very good. The music is very good. It's very raw. Andrew Wood, if you haven't heard his voice, was had very good lyrics. Basically, all the songs that Mother Lovebone did, Andrew Wood did all the lyrics. And he's got a very uh, dreamy style. And much like Robert Plant, very similar to Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. And let me pull up here one more thing here to go over. I'll play a little clip of the song. They're based in, based in Seattle, of course. And when Eddie Vedder joined uh, with Mike McCready, Gossert, and Jeff Ament to form Pearl Jam, it became one of the most commercially successful and critically acclaimed rock bands of the 1990s. And remember, Nirvana is what got the grunge scene going and the Seattle scene going, but that wasn't released till what, 90, uh, 91, I think, uh, before that even got going. This, this was coming out here in 1990 is where Seattle was way ahead of the curve 
with Mother Love Bone. They formed in 1988. And the late 80s is really when the Seattle scene became booming. It didn't go national, though, until earlier on than that. But these guys were, uh, these guys were around. Here's Shangri-La. So that's Shangri-La, another band that did a release to Andrew Wood was the Los Angeles band Faster Pussycat. They wrote a song called Mr. Love Dog uh, from their album Whipped as a tribute to Andrew Wood. Um, very classical guy, uh, very flamboyant on the stage, um, loved being in the spotlight, great front man, would have been a great frontman uh, lead singer uh, over the years, but uh, like I said, only lived to age 24. The album band, uh, the, the, the album was 57 or 58 minutes long, released on Stardog Mercury Records, and is considered grunge, alternate rock, hard rock, and funk metal. Released on July 19th, 1990, 30 years ago here coming up. 30 years ago, this is going to be released. They recorded this in the fall of 1989 at the plant in Salsalito, California, and in the winter of 1989 at London Bridge Studios in Seattle, Washington. Once again, the album 1990s Apple by Mother Love Bone. This week on the Sports and Music History and Birthdays part, we're just going to kind of do a little audible here. Um, Monday we lost Charlie Daniels, country singer, passed away Monday, so kind of the, and do a tribute to Charlie Daniels today. Sports birthdays and music birthdays will be a special we might do midweek on uh, the instagram page so watch for that there but this week is be a special to charlie daniels who passed away on monday july 6th charlie was born october 28th 1936 uh he was northern known for southern rock country and bluegrass he's best known of course for the devil went down the georgia song uh, he was an active singer and musician from the 50s 
He was inducted into the Cheyenne Frontier Days Hall of Fame in 2002, the Grand Ole Library in 2008, the Musicians Hall of Fame and Museum in 2009, and the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2016. In 1964, Daniels co-wrote It Hurts Me, a song which Elvis Presley recorded, with his friend Bob Johnston under Bob's wife's name, Joy Byers. He worked as a Nashville Sessions musician, often for Johnston, including playing guitar and electric bass on three of Bob Dylan's albums during 69 and 70, and on recordings by Leonard Cohen. Daniels recorded his first solo album, Charlie Daniels, in 1971. He also produced the 1969 album by the Young, Blood, Young Bloods, Elephant Mountain. His first hit was a novelty song called The Uneasy Rider from his 1973 third album, Honey in the Rock, which reached number nine on the, hot, on the Billboard Hot 100. During this period, Daniels played fiddle in many of the Marshall Tucker Band's early albums. A New Life, Where We All Belong, Searching for a Rainbow, Long Hard Ride, and Carolina Dreams. Daniels can be heard on the live portion of Where We All Belong album, recorded in Milwaukee in 1974, July 31st of 74. The same year he organized his first in a series of volunteer jam concerts based in or around Nashville. He often played with members of Barefoot Jerry. Except for a three-year gap in the late 80s, the jams continued until 1996. In 1999, the first of several volunteer jam tours began. And in 2015, a jam celebrating the 40th anniversary of the first volunteer jam was held at the Bridgestone Arena. So, just a little thing like that, Charlie Daniel starts, and it kept up for all those years. In 1975, he had a top 30 hit as the leader of the Charlie Daniels band, the Southern Rock Self Anthem, The Souths Gonna Do It Again. Long Haired Country Boy was a minor hit in that same year. Daniels played fiddle. Hank Williams Jr.'s 1975 album, Hank Williams Jr. and Friends. Daniels won a Grammy Award for Best Country Vocal Performance in 1979 for The Devil Went Down to Georgia, which reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100 in September of 79. The following year, Devil became the major crossover success to rock radio stations after its soundtrack in the movie Urban Cowboy, which was a movie made in which he made an on-screen appearance. The song also receives regular airplay on U.S. classic rock and country stations. The hard rock heavy metal cover version of the song was included in the video game Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock as the final guitar battle against the last boss, Lou the Devil. Daniels has openly stated his, his opposition to the metal cover and the devil winning occasionally in the game. So, I mean, it's his song. He has the right to say that. Um, in 1973, Daniels teamed up with fiddler Mark O'Connor to record the sequel to the 1979 single that went down to Georgia entitled The Devil Came Back to Georgia. Daniels plays the fiddle alongside O'Connor while Johnny Cash, Marty Stewart, and Travis Tritt sing the lyrics. The song was on O'Connor's album Heroes. I have that album. O'Connor has played with Charlie Daniels before, so if you like Charlie's music, guy from his band doesn't know it goes off. It's kind of like... Uh, Someone else leaves a band, they do a solo album. Yeah, that's great. Get back in the band. So that's kind of what Mark O'Connor did. He did a few solo albums, but Mark O'Connor, good album, Mark. Don't get me wrong, Heroes is a good one, but stick with Charlie and ride those coattails. Daniels released several gospel and Christian albums also. In 2000, he composed and performed the score for the future for the feature film Across the Line, starring Brad Johnson. He guest starred as himself in two episodes of King of the Hill, episode... Panties, 
Peggy's Fanfare, which aired in May of 2000, and The Bluegrass is Always Greener, which aired February of 2002. 2005, he also made a cameo appearance along with Larry the Cable Guy, Kid Rock, and Hank Williams Jr. in Gretchen Wilson's music video, All Jacked Up. And we've talked about that song before with Kid Rock and Hank Jr. <laughs> also, um, that's a good song. There's a group of people right there I'd love to have a conversation with that sit at their table. Charlie Daniels, Larry the Cable Guy, Kid Rock, Hank Jr., and Gretchen Wilson. Pretty sure there's not a lot of Diet Cokes and salads at that table right there. Um, Charlie Daniels also made a musical guest appearance in the VeggieTales episode, The Minnesota Cuke and the Search for Samson's Hairbrush, by writing, producing, and performing the Minnesota Cuke theme song. In 2006, he appeared with Little Richard, Bootsy Collins, and other musicians as they backed up band for Williams' opening sequence in the Monday Night Football song. Um, you've heard all that. We've, we've all heard that song. Uh, so he did all that there, too. Um, Daniels lived in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, where the city was named the park after him and continued to tour regularly. He appeared in commercials for UPS in 2002 with other celebrities, including NASCAR driver Dale Jarrett, to race the UPS truck. In 2009, Daniels was featured playing fiddle, a TV commercial for the Geico Auto Insurance. Um, Charlie Daniels has composed bluegrass, country, rock, southern rock, outlaw country, country rock, blues, rock, rock and roll, blues, and gospel. Just whatever you want to call it, Charlie Daniels just, I think southern rock best describes everything for it. Yeah, so it was country, so it was rock and roll, so it was blues... Okay, the gospel stuff at the end, no, but outlaw country, country rock, bluegrass, that's all southern rock. It's all one title, but depends on who you talk to, they break it down in different areas. Me, I'll always think of Charlie Daniels as a southern rock uh, performer. Um, Charlie Daniels suffered a major, uh, major arm injury in January 1980 while digging fence posts in his farm. That's what you like about Charlie. He's up digging his own fence posts. Really? You could hire people to do this. Anyway, he suffered three complete breaks in his right arm, two broken fingers, and when his sleeveless caught in the spinning auger. Injury required surgery and sidelined him for four months. Uh, he, has successfully, he was successfully treated for prostate cancer in 2001, January of 2010. Daniels was rushed to the hospital after suffering a stroke while snowmobiling in Colorado. He recovered and was released two days later during the doctor visit in March 25th, 2013. Daniels was diagnosed with a mild case of pneumonia and admitted to Nashville Hospital for a series of routine tests. The test revealed that, re- revealed that a pacemaker was needed to regulate his heart rate. He was, one, he was put on one March 28th and Daniels was released from the hospital within a few days. Charlie Daniels died July 6th, 2020 from a stroke at the age of 83 at Summit Medical Center in Nashville. Charlie Daniels, uh, everybody knows the song that went down to Georgia. I, I remember as a kid when that came out, I thought it was cool because he could sing along and say, son of a bitch, and ooh, that was ooh, controversy, a swear word in the song. But the first time I really heard the song, well, my first memories of it is, again, remember my age, remember who I am. They did that song on The Muppet Show. And I thought, oh, how are they going to do this? And that's why I said, son of a gun. And even Charlie, as life went on, changed the words to that because he's even said in interviews, he's 
sorry for the things he said in the past. Who isn't? We are all sorry for things we've done in the past. Because um, Charlie Daniels has had some controversial controversial topics he's brought up in the past. And he's changed points of view back and forth. You're allowed to do that. Um, he's been known to saying, like many other people say, he goes, I thought I knew it all when I was younger. And then when he got older, he realized he didn't know a thing. You know, we've all kind of been there. Uh, we've all been cocky and brash when we were younger. Realized when we got older, we were wrong. We were way wrong. And Charlie admitted that. Um, Charlie Daniels is one of those guys, I think, everybody respected Charlie Daniels. There wasn't many people who did not like Charlie Daniels. And if you did, I don't know why you would not like him. Um, I also remember as a kid, back when he'd have tobacco, he... Skull, a pinch of skull is chicken gum, you know. And uh, one thing I remember hearing about Charlie Daniels, he always wore his cowboy hat real low. And it wasn't when he was on stage, it wasn't because of the lights, it's because he was, when he started, he was shy. So he'd close his eyes so he wouldn't see the crowd. And that just kind of became a thing, you know. But um, we also put a video on our Facebook page. He played with Ted Nugent, okay. Like I said before, he played with Kid Rock and Hank Jr. and Gretchen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy. He's played with numerous people. You can find it on YouTube. People who've respected or played with or wanted to do covers of Charlie's songs. Just a truly, truly great man and will be missed in the music industry. Rest in peace, Charlie, and, and God be with your family, but just enjoy his music. Go back and listen to some of the other stuff. Long-haired country boy. Some of the other earlier stuff from Charlie, he has more than just that one song. And that's what you got to go back and listen to. Just the, the musician, was his talents was just so great. So please, please go back and listen to and enjoy some old Charlie's old stuff. Look it up on YouTube or on Spotify, whatever I go to. Um, and just enjoy his music. And, and go back to listen to just older music because we did Little Richard a while ago too. Some of these guys, some of our heroes... Let's, let's kind of listen to them again and get the, get the kids to hear it again to appreciate where today's music came from. <laughs> 